Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Yeah. Hi. Welcome back into the Force to Punt podcast. I am your host, Steven Serta. As always, I am joined by my co-host, Dusty Likens. Had a lot of action yesterday around the NFL. Uh, still got a what I think is a decent Monday night game, actually, to be completely honest. Uh, but there was a lot of big-time scores yesterday, some that really benefited me in some fantasy leagues and uh, some that really crushed me, like uh, Aaron Jones put me in a really good position to win in one league where I desperately needed a win, and he absolutely crushed my hopes and dreams in another league. Um, See, and it could have been worse. That. It could have been worse if he didn't step out of bounds on that 65-yard touchdown. I was wondering about that, how many people were pissed at that. Because I had Aaron Rodgers, right? I needed, I needed like 18 points last night in my season-long uh, journey team league. And, uh, yeah, he did that. And uh, I wonder how many people had Aaron Jones and were wondering if uh, they'd get repaid. Yeah, I think Aaron Jones finished that game against the Kansas City Chiefs with, like, what, one, 151? Yeah, through the air, two touchdowns. Um, he's been an absolute monster. All of us, also since that Dallas game, really, right? Well, that's when it turned on. That's when no, the whole but I mean, he's got on. he's got some down games in between. Then, right? Really, um, you know, the Raiders game was a tough game for him. He did catch a touchdown, but uh, he hadn't he didn't do much on the ground. He's been getting tons of receiving work lately, though, and that's like I, I was talking to people about that in the press box last night. Aaron Jones, right now, and Jamal Williams, really, the way Matt LaFleur is utilizing them in the receiving game, yeah, it's Andy Reid-esque. Like, yeah. like, he's doing just as much with them in the receiving game as they are in the, in the running game, and it's really, really impressive for a young head coach because he's got two really good running backs who can do both of those things. Some teams don't even have one running back who's good at either one of those things. Carlos Hyde. Um, <laughs> but he's been, he's been great. And, and he's all of a sudden after these two monster games uh, against the Cowboys, he had four touchdowns last night against the chiefs. He had two, he could have had three. Like he, he has catapulted himself into this like top 10 fantasy scores category now because of these two absolutely monster games now you'd like to see a little bit of consistency from Aaron Jones I think um because Jamal Williams is still going to be heavily involved Jamal Williams wound up getting a touchdown too and it was the one that where Aaron Jones stepped out of bounds at the 10 yard line yeah which I mean there wasn't that much he could do about that was just kind of where his momentum was going so um was wide open yeah, I mean, but he was he was trying to outrun a defender, and he was do- he dodged some people to get open, and then once he cut to the sideline, he was kind of tap dancing before he eventually stepped out. He burned uh, what Ben Neiman? Is that who it was? 
<laughs> yeah, probably. I, I mean, really, it was just any of the Chiefs linebackers. Aaron Rodgers was like 11 for 11 against all of the Chiefs linebackers last night. Um, But I think that he's in that conversation right now. Just the way they're utilizing him in the Packers look like they could be the best team in the NFC right now. I understand they played the Chiefs without Patrick Mahomes, and the Chiefs still looked like there's a lot of positives to take away from that game for the Kansas City Chiefs. They still look like a very, very talented football team who has a ton of injuries right now, including your superstar caliber quarterback in Patrick Mahomes. Right. Uh, but the Packers have monster wins already. Like, they've already beaten the Vikings. They've already beaten the Cowboys. They've already beaten the Chiefs. Like, the Packers look like they are a team that you need to be scared of. And Aaron Jones looks like he might be the best offensive player on that team right now until Devontae Adams gets back. Like, he's their number one pass-catching option right now, it would seem, over the last two weeks anyways, because that, that that touchdown pass that he caught from Aaron Rodgers last week, too, against the Raiders was absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, he's basically, what, glorified Kareem Hunt right now? And the Kansas City offense, like you were saying, is Andy reid That's what this whole thing reminds me of? Yeah, like he's got 200-yard rushing games on the season, uh, but he's getting a ton of work in the passing game. Obviously, last night was the biggest one. He had... 159 and two is what he wound up with. Uh, he should have had 169 and three. And last week he only had the he had the one big play for the Raiders. It was a 30 yard touchdown. Uh, but he's got another game where he had 75 receiving yards. Like receiving yards for a running back are generally kind of hard to uh, assume that they're going to consistently uh, running backs going to consistently get like you know 50 to 75 receiving yards. It's generally more like. You just want to see them get the targets because you want to have you want them to have the opportunity. Yeah. So if they get like seven targets in the receiving game per game, then you're happy with that because players who are as talented as Aaron Jones can do what he did last night against subpar defenses. Like, you know, that's what Christian McCaffrey does. Christian McCaffrey's yeah. getting a ton of targets every game, but that's because he's that offense. He's he's the Panthers offense. And Aaron Jones, while Jamal Williams is taking snaps away from him, and it could be a mix between the two of who winds up going, you know, whichever one's the hot hand that week. Aaron Jones, I think, is the more talented player. But they're both getting so much work in that offense. They're both weekly potential starters now. Yeah, and also you have to look at it as well. It's like, <sighs> it's weird, right? Because McCaffrey was playing up against the San Francisco defense where I didn't think he'd run the ball much, which obviously you don't take Christian McCaffrey out of your starting lineup. But I thought it would be more of a productive day as they're going to be down by two scores and they're just going to throw the ball to McCaffrey, but instead he just ran all over San Francisco. That's kind of strong. He had a 40 yard run that kind of skewed the whole stat, but he had over a hundred yards rushing. He still had a fantastic day on the ESPN uh, app, at least for full point PPR. He had 27 points, but I'm with you. I think that like when you look at this league, unless you have what Dalvin cook, any other running back you have, you've got to look at which, and it's just the way that the game is changing, that if you're going to get a running back, when you think about running backs, you've got to get a guy who's going to get at least five to six targets in the passing game because you look at James Conner, that's not been that way this year. Like That's what made him so great, and that's what made him like a better running back. Last year, obviously, without Ben Roethlisberger this year, it's different, but that's what also makes guys like Kareem Hunt, um, Christian McCaffrey, uh, Aaron Jones, those type of guys. And yeah, when they played against teams like Kansas City, which they're going to play against teams like that throughout the year because every team is different and not everybody can stop those type of players. They're just going to go off either way. They can either run the ball or they can just literally, like Aaron Jones against Dallas, 
ran all over him. Against Kansas City, he just caught passes and ran all over him. Yeah, you just you need those guys on your team that have potential to do both. And like the San Francisco 49ers, Jesus. who absolutely <laughs> destroyed the Carolina Panthers yesterday. That and Bosa. Like, anybody, I understand the 49ers, their defense looks like it's the second best defense in the NFL behind the Patriots. Like, in terms of DVOA, they're one and two, and they're both like on a historical pace for DVOA ratings. Yeah. This whole should Kyle Allen stay the starter thing when can't when Cam Newton gets back. Like Kyle Allen should not be the starter over a healthy Cam Newton. I understand how bad Cam Newton looked. And and Kyle Allen for the most part has been fantastic as a as a backup quarterback who's come in and done everything you possibly need him to. He had just a disaster against one of the best defenses in the NFL yesterday. But I think that Cam Newton is still gives that team the best chance to win and what Christian McCaffrey is doing. Like their run the San Francisco's run defense has been really good this year too. Their pass defense has been amazing. But even even against them, like he he performed above expectation for me yesterday against oh, for them. Oh, sure. I like just said give me 15. He still broke off, you know, long runs. He still had a long touchdown run. Like Christian yeah. McCaffrey is just that entire team's offense. So, like Obviously, you want as many of those guys on your team as possible. And right. Aaron Jones, I think, is starting to play himself into that category, um, even with Jamal Williams there, just because he's been so effective and he's so explosive. Like, Jamal Williams has been a nice player, but Jamal Williams isn't that. And having two monster right, games yeah. like this, like, as a head coach, Matt LaFleur is going to have to understand at some point, Aaron Jones has to be that guy that you just you go out of your way to get going. The same way the Panthers make sure – Christian McCaffrey's going to play 99% of the snaps, and he's going to be half of our offensive touches. Yeah, unless they're up by a ton or they're getting blown out. Like, I think, I, I don't know, I didn't get to watch that game yesterday, but I'm almost almost sure that, like, the last time they had the ball, I don't even think they had him in the game just because it wasn't at that point worth it. It was, like, 51 to, like, 14. Yeah, but, they put, they the Niners and the Panthers put their, put second stringers in. Right, towards so... The yeah, I mean, obviously McCaffrey is an anomaly in what he does, but I mean, that's like you said, nothing to add too much or nothing much to add to it. That's what you got to look for, and that's what those guys are going to do. And uh, I'm like you, man. I thought if McCaffrey can just get me like 15 points, like a score. Pete Sweeney, our good friend, he uh, had him as well in his season long team that he's with uh, in a league, and we were both just like, all we want is like 15 points, like 40 rushing yards, a touchdown, and like three catches for 20 yards, and he just went over the top because McCaffrey's a stud. Uh, on the other side, for the San Francisco 49ers, uh, Tevin Coleman was an absolute monster. Yeah, we and, had five, four touchdowns? Yeah, and, and hopefully you had Tevin Coleman in your lineup yesterday. I had him in multiple lineups. He was absolutely amazing. Um, you know, he, he, looked, he looked great. He looks like he is 100% healthy now. Uh, he broke off long touchdown runs. He did it in the short yarded situations. Like, he just looked amazing. And that's... Quite frankly, the best rushing attack in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, Matt Breida did wind up getting hurt again yesterday. Uh, this was always kind of the issue with Kyle Shanahan. Well, I think Matt Breida has shown that when he's healthy, he can be a more consistent running back than Tevin Coleman. Yeah. Because Tevin Coleman had those opportunities multiple times in Atlanta to convince them they should give him the starting job over Devontae Freeman. He never did it. He's shown that he's an NFL caliber running back yeah. who can be explosive, who can be effective when he's put in the right situations. But he's 
always failed to stay consistent. And Matt Breida looked like he was going to be that type of player. While Tevin Coleman was hurt, Matt Breida was very effective in the best rushing attack in the NFL. But then he's got the injury problems, and that's why he's never going to be utilized that way. I think the days of, and I, I've been doing it in a league for a while now, starting Tevin Coleman and Matt Breida in the same lineup. Yeah, I don't think I don't think you can do that now. I think Breida, you obviously still keep him uh, because they're they're not necessarily expecting him to miss time, but they do play on Thursday this week against the Arizona Cardinals. So there's reason to think that maybe Breida doesn't wind up playing in this game if he's banged up at all. Yeah, who's that cat that's behind him, though? Well, and Raheem Mostert yeah, also wound up with, like, 60 rushing yards and a touchdown <laughs> yeah. yesterday. And so that's, like, the third Good or fourth Lord. time that San Francisco has done that this year where they've just had three running backs in a single game be fantasy relevant. My God. Yeah. Also... George Kittle had his third touchdown of the season overturned because yeah, of called back. Loved it. Played against him. His third touchdown of the season. George Kittle, everybody's worried about George Kittle and freaking out. Even with Emmanuel Sanders playing way more than they said he was going to. Got a of touchdown. course. Yeah, and he got, got a, touchdown. a touchdown. First first grab. <laughs> um George Kittle's still leading the team in targets. He's still leading them in yards and receptions. He's still amazing. Yeah. But he hasn't he's not getting touchdowns. That's his third touchdown of the season that's been called back because of a penalty. It's ridiculous. Like the odds of that happening three different times to one player in the same season have to be astronomical. I have a question for you. Who do you think's more mad? People that drafted Kittle, which clearly you're pissed. I'm not mad at him. That... I'm just mad at the circumstance. Right. I love George Kittle. He's no, still no, I'm not saying that you're mad at them. I'm just saying the situation because then there's gotta be people, and we could talk about this too, that are just absolutely pissed. That Dallas Goddard is out there just destroying Carson Wentz well, right now. Well, I mean, yeah, he's he's like, ruining Zach Ertz for everybody. But <laughs> one, okay, there's reason in my mind. There was reason to be worried about Zach Ertz's potential headed into the season. Um, and I, I talked about this early on in the year because I think Dallas Goddard, who was a high draft pick, by the way, Dallas wanted to draft Dallas Goddard as the replacement for Jason Witten. And Doug Peterson and Howie Roseman traded ahead of them to draft him right before they did just to give him the finger. Like, just because they're NFC East and they had Zach Ertz, but they really liked Dallas Goddard's talent. And they were like, well, we'll run two tight end sets. So they traded ahead of Dallas to get Dallas Goddard. And he's a really talented player, and he's only a second-year guy. Like, he's a really, really talented tight end. He was a guy coming into the season, especially in dynasty leagues that I was going after because I thought he had potential to have a breakout caliber season where we were going to see a lot of two tight end sets and they're both highly effective players. Yeah. You know, Ertz is still getting a ton of targets. It just hasn't translated. And as I mentioned, I, I benched Carson Wentz yesterday Should have for Derek Carr. That's a good play. I picked up Derek Carr last minute. It was at like 11.45. I didn't want to start Carson Wentz all week long, but I didn't have a backup quarterback in that league, and so I wound up, I wound up just benching Wentz because I don't, I don't want to cut him just yet. But he's he just has such a brutal schedule for the next four for the next month. It's still brutal. Like yeah. that that matchup against the Bills, he salvaged it by throwing the touchdown. And it still wasn't horrible, but. It's still it doesn't get any easier. He's got to match up with the Bears. He's got to match up with the Patriots coming up. Like like it's just brutal for Carson Wentz moving forward over the next few weeks. And this is this is kind of crunch time. Like we're getting we're getting we're only five weeks away 
from fantasy postseason. So if you're one of those fringe playoff teams right now that you're coming out of week eight, four and four or three and five, and you still Mm -hmm. got an outside chance, but you got to put it together. Carson Wentz probably needs to just be dropped in your league. That's tough, man. Or or benched because you can't, you can't start him if you, if you're expecting to go on a run, like in that particular league that I, that I benched him in. Yeah. I was, I was two and five. And so I basically have to win out to make it to the fantasy postseason. I've, I've had a lot of tough breaks in that league. Like, you know, my receivers are Odell Beckham, Keenan Allen, and Mike Evans, which sound like an incredible trio of wide receivers. Mike got you this week. And Mike Evans has been up and down. He's either been absolutely insane and astronomical in production, or he has zero catches and and off of one target, which has been like, which has been kind of his thing throughout his career, and that's a Jameis Winston thing, too, yeah, it's, because, it's, it's because Jameis Winston has a bunch of issues. Trash. Uh, but Jarvis or Odell Beckham has been absolutely brutal. I benched Odell Beckham yesterday. Should have. And I had the biggest fantasy game I've had in weeks with that with that. And team. what did he do against New England? Um, and I benched, I benched Keenan Allen, too, who's playing with a hamstring injury now, and he's not 100%. And the Chargers... Luckily, they just happen to sneak out a win. Like they're falling apart. It's just right now, it's getting into the part of the season where you have to start making moves, whether that be trades, whether that be be being really active on the waiver wire and playing your matchups because you're either going to commit, it's just not in the cards for me this season, or you're going to try to make a run here at the back end of the fantasy season and try to get into your playoffs. Because once you get into the playoffs, you know, Carson Wentz's schedule gets a lot easier down the stretch. So I still want Carson Wentz on my roster headed into the fantasy postseason, but I don't think I'm starting Carson Wentz like over the next three games. Yeah, and I don't know how healthy Cam Newton is, but he almost might be a piece that you could go trade something for. Like well, if you- I don't think you have to. Cam Newton's available in a lot of leagues. Seriously? Wow. Because a lot of people, he had the foot injury, right? Um, and a lot of people dropped him. I drafted Cam Newton in a league because I got him in the second to last round, and I was just like, it's unbelievable that Cam Newton's still on the board. Yeah. So I took him, and then the foot injury happened, and and then it it was the Liz Frank injury, which that that in itself is scary because generally that's a season-ending injury. Like mm-hmm. Julio Jones had that a couple of years ago, and it ended his season really early on. Uh, it's happened to a lot of players. Uh, sometimes, depending on the severity, they can't come back from it. But like Ron Rivera said today, that Cam Newton's still in the middle of his rehab, and he's not expecting him back anytime soon. Yeah. So it's not like you're going to go out and add Cam Newton and hope that he's back next week because he's not going to be. But he is a guy to keep an eye on. He's a guy that you could potentially add over the next. If you wind up piecing this thing together and you can go on a run to potentially get yourself into the playoffs, Cam Newton's a guy who's floating around out there still, who who is still available in a ton of leagues because a lot of people just straight up dropped him. Yeah, and his playoff, if you're looking at playoff, his is Washington, Atlanta, Seattle. So, I mean. Yeah, and that's nice. And Seattle's defense is and, terrible against receivers. Yeah, and, and Seattle's the best defense he's playing in that stretch. Yeah. And Seattle's defense isn't very good. Um, So, like, I, I considered uh, a Jimmy G yesterday. I considered a Matthew Stafford yesterday. Matthew Stafford was picked up in all of my leagues. Mm-hmm. So, I went for Derek Carr. And Derek Carr had a very nice game that wound up being a big move. 
Uh, I started Jacoby Brissett in one league. That was a disaster. Yeah, he was uh, he was pretty rough yesterday. Yeah, he had a fumble. He didn't throw any touchdowns. Uh, it was absolutely brutal. They still managed to get a win. He made an incredible throw from his own end zone when Von Miller wrapped around him. Yeah, Denver's like the most frustrating team to go against because it's a oh. team that's clearly checked out, but that defense is still full of studs, and they're really, really good at defending the pass. And they don't give up a lot of yards rushing. Like Marlon Mack didn't have a great game yesterday. I think he had like an average game, like fourteen to sixteen points. But like when your team plays Denver, you see like a two and five record. You see Joe Flacco, and you hear guys like Philip Lindsay, and then all of a sudden, like you want to go get guys like Cortland Sutton, or you want to go get their defense. Well, like I'm, I'm not opposed to like playing Denver's defense every week. Well, so let's let's talk about the Broncos for a second just because well, <laughs> so they just announced a little while ago. Uh, Head coach Vic Fangio said that Joe Flacco suffered a neck injury. Boy, after all those um, comments he made, too, he didn't get to play. Yeah, well, to this is after <laughs> yeah. Joe Flacco was calling the team out and We're essentially, essentially <laughs> uh, trashing the coaching staff for being scared to lose. Did he have a rougher um, day at the podium than Matt Nagy? No, I mean, I loved it from Flacco. Like, do it. Yeah. Oh, but also, You're a big at Flacco the end of the guy. game, screw Flacco, too, because at the end of that game, he had an opportunity to try to sling it down the field or something. Right. And he literally tiptoed to the line of scrimmage. Like, they gave him a clean pocket for a second. Yeah. Gave him an opportunity to just uncork one downfield and let, like, a Cortland Sutton go up and get it. Or Noah Fant, who actually nah. showed some life yesterday, go up and get it. What Flacco do? He's still staring down the field like he's got all day to throw, and then he just ate a sack and the game ended. Yep. Like, like screw you, Joe Flacco. But he, boy, I thought he, you were really, really nice with Flacco. He there. suffered. I do actually kind of like Joe Flacco. I don't like him as a player. I just th- that that part, what he did at the podium, I like that about Joe Flacco. Mm. Joe Flacco's kind of an ass, like Big Ben is. And, oh, for sure. And so sometimes I find that enjoyable. But yeah, he's a red ass. For so sure. he suffered. He apparently has a herniated disc, and it's potentially he's going to go on IR. And so if he goes on IR, his season's over. Yeah. Um. But they did announce that Brandon Allen's going to get their start this week. Now, that's worrisome for Cortland Sutton owners because I think Cortland Sutton's the only truly viable fantasy option that you should be starting on a week-in, week-out mm-hmm. basis for the Broncos. And he had another nice game yesterday. Uh, he He's still the number one wide receiver in that offense. He was still the most productive wide receiver that they have. He's by far the most talented that they have. He's not going to lose a serious amount of playing time or, yeah, or snaps or, or looks to a Deshaun Hamilton. But I'm a little bit worried about that because I don't know what the hell Brandon Allen's capable of. Yeah, and their remaining schedule is this week they get Cleveland, then a bye week. Then they get at Minnesota, at Buffalo. That's brutal. But yeah. then your playoff week starts if you make the playoffs. So if like you have a good team and you want to go out and get a guy like Cortland Sutton, like I'm trying to currently do right now, that's what's really crazy. And um, you have guys like that. They're week 13 through 15, which is most play, uh, fantasy playoffs. Houston, Kansas City, uh, and, the, and the Chargers. So it's the Chargers in week 13, Houston in week 14, and Kansas City in week 15. Uh, you saw what Sutton did at home against Kansas City on Thursday. Those are huge favorable matchups, and he's a great guy to have. Yeah, well, I, I think Cortland Sutton's a talented player, but yeah, that that scares me. Um, I think you, you still play him because he's been a top twelve to fifteen wide receiver all year, and, and he's been really, really consistent. 
I just don't know what the hell Brandon Allen's capable of. He was a sixth-round pick a couple of years ago. This is the third team he's already been on in the NFL. Um, Vic Fangio said something about Drew Locke, their rookie quarterback from Missouri. They mentioned him as a guy because he was put on IR early in the year with a thumb injury. He is eligible to come back soon, but he said they're going to look into it and see where he's at. And they'll have to decide next week if they're going to elevate him from IR. And even then, he said Drew Locke will be Brandon Allen's backup. So it's not like Drew Locke's going to come in. Yeah. And I, I don't really blame them for that because just on the limited amount that we saw Drew Locke in the preseason, he did not look ready for the NFL whatsoever. I was going to say, yeah, you said the exact he looked, what I was going to say. Yeah, he, so looked, he looked brutal in, in the preseason. So I don't think Drew Locke is the answer there either. No. It just worries me for Cortland Sutton, who was having a really, really promising season. He was on pace for like 1,200 receiving yards this year, and he was on pace to have a top 15 caliber wide receiver year, a breakout year as a second-year player with tons of optimism moving forward. Uh, it, it definitely worries me about him. I know Joe Flacco is not a guy that you tend to look at and say, oh, well, I was... <laughs> I need Joe Flacco in the game for Cortland Sutton, but in this particular situation, there's such a there's such a bad football team. Yeah, I kind of do need Joe Flacco in there if Cortland Sutton's going to keep and, producing. And vet quarterbacks like that tend to find the guy. Like you look at what Julio Jones did yesterday with Matt Schaub. Matt Schaub is trash, garbage, and still somehow making paychecks in the NFL. But he literally just found Julio Jones yesterday. It didn't really kill people that had Cal Ridley, but I mean, when those guys are in the game, like you look at. Matt Moore, right? I mean, you were at the game. You watched that from up high in that sky-high press box. He was literally looking Tyreek and Travis Kelsey, and that's it. Demarcus Robinson wasn't getting looks. The Hardman stuff was designed. And that was was, all. Yeah, that was schemed. Yeah, Yeah. that's a one-yard pass that went 80 yards, or not 80, but like went 40 yards for a touchdown. So it's not like he was looking for anybody else. And you saw how they were using Travis and and Tyreek. They were using him in like zone schemes. So yeah, backup quarterbacks will always find the guy. You look at what Nick Foles and Alshon Jeffrey did last year. So, moving forward, <laughs> because the Cleveland Browns got absolutely handled by the New England Patriots Are we ready to yesterday. admit that we were, that we were wrong about and Cleveland in a, lot of, in a lot of ways? Unless Kareem Hunt is a saving grace, who does come back, by the way? Um, he does come back soon, yeah. This week, right? Uh, I believe he can be activated this week, yes. I guess a tough matchup in, at, against Denver, though. Oh, Denver's actually not great against the running game. Um, they've they're a very good pass defense so far, and so Cleveland, it's pretty ugly for Cleveland. So you got Denver, who mm-hmm. just shut down the Colts passing game. Yeah, followed by the Bills, one of the three best secondaries in the NFL. Yeah, on to the Steelers, who since they added Minka Fitzpatrick, look like they are a top ten defense. Yeah, they're improving. Um, then you have the Dolphins, which, okay, that's a great game. But then you have the Steelers again. So moving forward, that's like one out of would five you matches. rather Odell Beckham, who's been an absolute disaster this season, who was a guy who was a fringe first-round pick, early second-round pick, guy you drafted to be your completely unmitigated number one wide receiver, and he has been nothing close to that. Are you starting moving forward on a weekly basis, Odell Beckham or like a DJ Chark? Because if I have to choose between the two, I'm benching Odell Beckham, and it's not even close. See, that's interesting you say that because 
from what we've heard, Nick Foles is ready to come back, right? Yes. So, but his DJ Chark's first touchdown against the Chiefs was from Nick Foles as the play got hurt on. And it was a, it was like one of those like random, like it was like that weird Aaron or Aaron Rodgers touchdown, right? It was like in the corner of the end zone, like behind the guy, like he placed it perfectly in there. Like it was a, it was a nice catch and touchdown, but it was like one of those like plays where you're like, that was one of those like weird plays. It just happened to be a touchdown. Like Rodgers last night was a little bit more eccentric than that one, but. Yeah, I mean, Minshew and Shark have been on the same page, but, I mean, here's the thing. Definitely going DJ because Nick Foles is going to sling it, and I don't know what's going on in Cleveland. I think it's Freddie Kitchens' fault. I'm assuming that's what it is. But, yeah, I don't want yeah. any. I don't want anything to do with anybody in Cleveland unless it's Nick Chubb, who had a terrible game this past week, but it's either Nick Chubb I mean, or Kareem up, Hunt, and that's it. I don't want anybody up, else. He put up yards, Nick Yeah, Chubb, no, but I mean, he, the two fumbles cost you. It's, that's yeah. four points to go off yeah. the board. Yeah. So, I think it's without question, like, Chark's uh, sure upcoming Chark, schedule. Though. Texans, Colts, Titans, tough matchup, but then the Bucks, Like, easily, the Texans just got torched by Derek Carr yeah. like, and, and took... Deshaun Watson making an incredible play for for them to win that football game. Colts secondary is suspect. Like their secondary, they've got some talent in that secondary. And they've got talent on defense, as I mentioned. I think Matt Eberflus is one of the best defensive minds in the game right now. Yeah, but you could still put up points on the Colts. Like you're you're not going to get. They're not going to completely shut you down. Titan secondary is good, but at times has been suspect. You can push them a little bit. Yeah, they're weird, right? And the Buccaneers secondary trash uh, is awful. Although that D line helps them. I went heavy on Titans players yesterday because I thought Ryan Tannehill, Mike Vrabel got you. Well, well it was going against, (laughs) going against the Bucks, And yeah, that's the thing is Tennessee secondary looked like it was playing itself into a top 10 unit. And then Mike Evans just absolutely That's destroys right. them. What do you do? 11 for 198? And then, yeah, he wound <laughs> up in one of my leagues. He scored more fantasy points than Cooper Cup because he had the two touchdowns. Oh, God. Cooper Cup almost And Cooper did Cup had 220 and a touchdown. <laughs> yeah. and, and that was all in like the thir- first three quarters. But like, but then, so A.J. Brown did bail me out. He wound up getting the touchdown at the very end of the game. That yeah. was his only catch, I believe. But he wound up catching a touchdown. That was huge. So I think moving forward, it's definitely Chark. If it's yeah. just if it's between Chark and Beckham, what about like would you start Philip Dorsett or Odell Beckham? I know Philip Dorsett didn't do that much yesterday, but he still got red zone targets from Tom Brady. And Tom Brady seems to really, really like Philip Dorsett. And I talked about this last week. I don't think that Mohamed Sanu is going to take much away from Philip Dorsett because I think Tom Brady really likes him. And I think that outside of Julian Edelman, Dorsett's the wide receiver that I want to own. So what? uh, Who's the? They just got Mohamed Sanu as a glorified. He's just basically a. Yeah, I mean, Mohamed Sanu, he. They they worked him in yesterday. He's a possessions but, third and six type yeah, of guy. Yeah, he's not he's not going to blow past you and no. take the top off the defense like Dorsett can. Like if if you're strictly playing matchups, which in my opinion that's what Odell is now. Right. Yeah. Odell's not a plug just plug him and leave him guy anymore. At least not this year. Right. Uh, it, and he hasn't been anything close to that. And Odell is just going to cost you games as far as I'm concerned if you keep putting him in the way this is going. Yeah, you benched him and went off. Yeah, and. <laughs> So if I'm strictly playing matchups, I'm putting in Philip Dorsett over Odell Beckham. Yeah, right, because he's going to have the – plus what? New England's getting – like a, their schedule flips, right? Their schedule gets a little bit – like they play They've the got, Ravens on Sunday night next week. 
then they start getting into like the grid of their schedule where they got they're going to play games where like they can't just sit back and like I hate to be this guy and if I'm wrong I'm wrong whatever that defense isn't going to continuously average 20 points a game because they're going to start playing tougher matchups okay and they're yeah. going to have to come up with those plays and Philip Dorsett oh. is going to have more chances at getting those home run big boom plays than Odell is. But so so here's here's the Patriots schedule though. And yes, they have much tougher games over the next right. Their next five games. So they're gonna are, have to play a little bit more it's offense. The, it's the toughest part of their schedule by far. But it's the Ravens, which they added Marcus Peters right before the bye. He obviously came up big against the Seahawks. Maybe that secondary and they're still waiting to see if they can get Jimmy Smith back healthy, Marlon Humphrey, an elite caliber cornerback, Brandon Carr, still a very nice player. The Ravens secondary seems like it's starting to figure things out when they add Marcus Peters. Instantly made an impact in that team. Pick six. That that Ravens defense, which has been struggling all year, might be turning it around. That's our Sunday night game coming mm-hmm. up this week. That's going to be beauty. an awesome game. Yeah, I can't yeah. wait. Um, but so so we'll see about that. I would still probably play uh, Philip Dorsett in that game, and then the following week, the Eagles, worst secondary in the NFL, barring. The Eagles making some type of blockbuster trade at tomorrow's trade deadline. Mm-hmm. That secondary's not getting any better anytime soon. Yeah, Philip Dorsett all the way. Cowboys all way. Their secondary is good when healthy. Their secondary hasn't been healthy all season, so they've been struggling. Yeah, and the Cowboys are always in like shootouts. Yes, Texans we got torched again yeah. <laughs> by Derek Carr yesterday. Yeah. Tom Brady can torch that secondary. Their defense is not very good, and they just lost J.J. Watt for the season. Right. And then the Chiefs. So, yeah. Like, those are, those are yeah, on matchup, those are the five toughest matchups that New England's had all season because their schedule's been so light. But none of that scares you in fantasy football. No. So, Philip Dorsett's a guy that I'm willing to ride with right now over Odell Beckham for the next month and hopefully see if he can help me get into the postseason because I think he's set up to have a, a potential nice run over the next month, even though this is supposed to be the tough part of New England schedule. Yeah, and so what I think Sert is trying to tell you is that, like, you look at where you're at in the season. Like he said earlier in the show, three and four, three and four and four, three and four, whatever, three and five, whatever your record is going into this, you've got to make a move. If you have Odell Beckham and you think you can go to somebody who's got a really good record because they have one of these second-tier receivers that are going off, try to sell Odell Beckham now. Like, you have to get rid of him. You've got to get him off your team. you got to go get a guy that's going to get a lot of numbers because it's just not happening for Odell, and that's just proof right there. Look at the next four weeks. It doesn't get easier for well, Odell. And there's like, I, I'm straight up telling you, I'm benching him for yeah. a while, and, I, and I'm playing matchups, and I'm not playing him until I get a plus matchup from him. Yeah. But – there's somebody in your league, despite his struggles, is going to remember all the crazy things that he's done in the NFL. Yeah, they're, or they're and just a all, fan of him. And, and, and there's somebody, while you might not be able to get much for him, um, I bet you could get... Something that's more productive than he is. I don't know. I bet you could get David Montgomery for him. David Montgomery just had the best game of his young career. And yeah, Matt that's... Nagy is... Is is starting to freak out and worry me a little bit. Like Matt Nagy is, yeah, his press conference. But but it, it was, does feel like Matt Nagy's finally saying bleep it, and he's just going to start running the hell out of the football unless it's at the end of the game and they could possibly lose yards. Um, 
maybe even you know with a with Cortland Sutton, maybe with a Brandon Allen. Would you go get Matt Brieta for him? No, because the injuries worry me. It's an ankle injury, though. Yeah, but he's he played all last season with like seven different injuries. He was just banged up constantly, and like they're so deep at running back, it doesn't matter for them. Yeah. So. I'm not. Yes, I I want shares of that running game because it's the most productive running game in the NFL. Yeah, but that he's not somebody that I'm that I'd actively be pursuing. Yeah, go trade Odell it. for Philip Dorsett. Um, if you could get George Kittle, I would do that. I, I don't think anybody would trade that much for yeah, him. Yeah, because I too... think the window. I think the window for you to swap, you know, a a top end player for Odell is if he is a top end player is completely shut now. And so if you're going to move on from Odell, I think you put it out there and you see what people come back with. Yeah. Because I think that there is somebody who's still going to give you something solid for it. I, I think you can get a reasonable player. Like if I got a a package for – if I could get a Manuel Sanders and Devin Singletary pack, I would do that right now for for Odell Beckham. For sure. For sure. Like, if you could get... I really like Devin Singletary. Emmanuel Sanders, who, yes, he just got a touchdown. He's on a undefeated team. Looks like one of the best teams in the NFL. Yeah. Um, But it's a low-volume passing attack. Like, they, they yeah. the, the Niners want to run the ball, and they want to kick the shit out of you on defense. And if they're up by two scores, they're not going to throw the ball the rest uh, of the game because like, they're the 2006 Bears. Yeah. Like, Devin Singletary didn't have a huge game yesterday. He struggled... Though. Um, he had 19 carries and four catches for, or 19 rushing yards and four catches for 30 receiving yards, but he did wind up getting a touchdown. Yeah. Um, Philly's front so, seven's good though, right? Well, yeah, they're one of the yeah. five, they're one of the five best run defenses in the NFL. Right. So that's that's the thing is like Philly secondary is god awful, but their run defense is is legitimate. Yeah, good old Fletcher. So Devin Singletary, people might be coming off of that saying, oh well, the flashes we saw early on, maybe that wasn't really him. Maybe this is more what he is. Right. Like I think there's somebody who's going to look at that name of Odell Beckham and say, yeah, I'll trade this rookie running back and this 32 year old wide receiver 100%. for Odell Beckham. If you could pull that off, I would do that right now. Yeah, you just probably should have done that two weeks ago. Yeah, and so, but that, but that's the thing. You're also banking on the fact that. Sometimes there's people who just recognize names in your fantasy league, and you can exploit that. Sometimes there's people who they aren't playing matchups like you are. Like, no. I had somebody, I, I talked about this last week, uh, the guy in my fantasy league who went out and traded for Carrion Johnson because it was an overreaction. He went out, he's freaking out because he's afraid he wasn't going to make the playoffs because he was sitting there at three and four. His team's really been struggling, he's had major injuries. And he goes out and he trades for Carrion Johnson. He traded Darren Waller for him because he had Hunter Henry. Mm -hmm. And I immediately texted him and told him that was a stupid trade. And then an hour later, Carrion Johnson's going to miss significant time. 24 hours later, Carrion Johnson gets put on IR. His season's over. Like, you, you can't be overreactionary when you're trying to make the playoffs and you're really struggling. But what you do have to do is be proactive be shopping players because what you're doing isn't working anyways, and you have to be ready to play matchups. So you're going to play guys that you might normally not play because you can't just set your lineup and leave it. Like the people that are really, really good at this stuff are the ones that are willing to bench their players even though those players have produced for them in the past. I've, I've benched number one wide receivers before 
because I didn't like the matchup. Sometimes that bites me in the ass. Sometimes it doesn't. But you have to be willing to play the matchups, and you have to be willing to move your lineup around like that. But part of it is trying to ship off these players who aren't being productive for you and see what you can get back for them. And I think that Miles Sanders had had his best game as a pro. Uh, he did wind up leaving that game injured. I think he had an ankle injury as well. Uh, but he might be a guy that you could target. Uh, Jordan Howard had another good game. I You probably can't get him right now because he's been so highly productive. Yeah. But I think there's guys out there that you can still – guys out there that can contribute to your fantasy team right away that you could still get for Odell Beckham, and I don't think it's crazy to move on from him. Like, it's been absolutely brutal. Like, if you drafted Odell Beckham and you haven't done anything with him and you're still starting every week, there's a chance he might have one win on the season. Yeah, I mean, I'm going back to your point about, you know, trading everybody for guys like David Montgomery. And you look at Montgomery's next, like, few games. He's got Philly, and then I think after that it gets pretty, like, it gets pretty gnarly for David Montgomery if they're especially going to use him because then you go through weeks 10 through 15, which is basically, like, the grid of your season. Detroit, the Rams, the Giants, Detroit, Dallas, Green Bay. Yeah. Like, David Montgomery is who I would probably go after if I had Odell Beckham and you wanted somebody that you think probably drafted Montgomery because they heard talk or they actually, like, know what they're doing, but they don't start him because they've just got him rostered. That's who I would go get if I were you. Well, and so you want people with upside as well. Like, like, because, like, James White, I think, is a fine player. James White is incredibly consistent. Like, especially in PPR formats, he's going to get you like 10 points a week. Yeah. If you have James White, see what you can get for him. Yeah. Because you're not going to, if you're two and six right now, or if you're three and five and you're trying to stay alive, mm-hmm. James White's not getting it done for you. Yeah. And you've got to make a move. But, but James White could, could be enough for one of your teams that are uh, six and one. And they just want running back depth on their roster, and they're willing to part ways with some one of their deeper positions. Yeah, get rid of James White right now. Like I get that he's going to give you ten points a week, but you need more than that. You need guys that are going to explode. Yeah, and if you're three and five, you're probably not getting enough consistent. Uh, you're probably not getting enough consistent production from guys that are big names on your team. Like maybe you have like a DeAndre Hopkins, and maybe it's just time that you have to make a big move like that, where you've got to go get a couple guys that aren't household names but are having pretty solid seasons this year that you know are going to continuously get more production throughout the year. And maybe, you know what, DeAndre Hopkins, the the week after you trade him, goes off for like 35 points and you look at yourself like, well, damn. But then if that's all he does, that's all he does because, like, I'm I'm telling you, guys that took Beckham, Hopkins, guys like that are probably struggling in your yeah. league because you took him. You took those guys with a big time pick, and guys that took Dalvin Cook in the second round, or decided to take other guys later in the first round over those guys. That's where you need to go find people because that's where your production's at, or people like that, um, like with the uh, with productive numbers moving forward. Let's get to some quick waiver wire ads. It's a little rough this week, but there is some promising guys. Uh, this guy you're not going to find on waivers, but he is a potential trade candidate as much as it hurts me to say. Uh, Kenyon Drake was traded this morning yeah. to the Arizona Cardinals, which Chase Edmonds is now hurt. He's likely going to miss a Hamstring. few weeks. Uh, David Johnson's got several injuries. They don't know if he's going to be available. Um, they have Alfred Morris and Zach Zenner, the only active running backs. So they traded with the Miami Dolphins for Kenyon Drake. I've never been a huge believer in Kenyon Drake's uh, talent. No. I also 
am baffled that he's still owned in 72% of leagues. That I think that is absolutely absurd that he is still available. He hasn't even been the starting running back on Miami for three weeks. Uh, but there is some room for optimism in Arizona because Arizona, they spread things out so much, it's hard for defenses to pay, to play close to the box. So yeah. it opens up a lot of holes for their running game. So so there is some optimism Except there for Kenyon Drake. Not this week against the San Francisco 49ers, but that, that actually means that this is probably the week to trade for him or post this Thursday night game. Yeah. I would start trying to make a deal for him because if he's going to be heavily involved in that offense this week, chances are he's not going to produce against the 49ers. So after Thursday's game, I'd be hitting people up on Friday to see what they want for Kenyon Drake in all likelihood. Yeah, because the bye week can favor you because like we've said before, if you're a team that does want a guy like Kenyon Drake that somebody for some reason has probably rostered him and just kept him on their team, um, you could probably afford to lose a guy during a bye week or you could afford to lose a game right now because obviously you're not going to go undefeated. Maybe you will. Or you're not going to, you know, you're going to lose a couple games. But if you can get a guy and like kind of lynch in that, because bye weeks, bye weeks can be kind of like a cushion when you're trying to trade people. Like Cortland Sutton, he has a bye week next week and yeah. somebody could be like, oh, I don't know. I don't want to trade him. But like you could be like, hey, you know what? You're not going to have him in two weeks because there's a bye. Someone will take that. Uh, Chris Conley had yeah, what's going an on impressive him? game yesterday. Two TDs. Uh, had 100, 103 receiving yards and a touchdown, but oh. it was really it, it was off of an 80 yard touchdown. It was just it was really a really nice play from Gardner Minshew. All this uh, talk of Nick Foles just coming back in and taking the job right back from him got him going yesterday. He had had a couple down weeks. Had a very nice game yesterday. Uh, DJ Chark obviously still the guy to own in that offense, but Chris Conley might be somebody that you take a look at. Personally, I'm not all that interested in him, but D.D. Westbrook did get hurt again yesterday mm-hmm. and leave that game, uh, so there might be some room. Keelan Cole caught a touchdown yesterday. Don't go pick up Keelan Cole. Yeah, I he guess. caught like a trash early start yeah, touchdown, right? and I Yeah, I was pissed about it. <laughs> yeah. Last year, Keelan Cole was the guy in that offense. Everybody was like, Keelan Cole's going to step up. I was like, no, he's not. But Chris Conley is a guy that you – know, Chris Conley's not a – Supremely talented wide receiver. We know that from his time here in Kansas City. Yeah. Uh, but he is a guy that can be effective when given opportunity. So he might be a guy that you consider. It's not somebody that I'm hyper interested in, but somebody that I am interested in. Darius Slayton, wide receiver for the New York Giants. Uh, Sterling Shepard is forever concussed. Don't really know when he's coming back. He's already got two on the season. I don't I, personally. I don't know if he should come back. Yeah, I'm out. Um, I'm out. But Darius Slayton, he's actually he's a, a nice young wide receiver for Daniel Jones. He's been one of Daniel Jones's favorite targets. Like he's been getting more looks than Evan Ingram has. By the way, Daniel Jones had a nice game yeah. Sunday. Yeah, and Daniel Jones is still available in some leagues. He's a good bye week start. Yeah, uh, but Darius Slayton, he only had two catches for, for fifty yards yesterday, but they were both for touchdowns. Right. I think he's a guy that I'm targeting heavily this week uh, because as that offense continues to improve a little bit. And for whatever reason, they traded for Leonard Williams today, defensive lineman for the New York Jets, like guy who's about to be an unrestricted free agent. Makes zero sense. Good move, Dave Gettleman. Yeah, uh, but Your boy, I think Darius Slayton's a guy that I I think should be a really popular pickup this week. You know who I think is a good pickup this week? I don't mean to cut you off. Cole Beasley. Yes. Well, Two yeah, weeks he's in a row on the, the list. Yeah, he should. Uh, he should be owned already. Yeah. Um, he's a guy that we talked about a lot. He's not as he's not super explosive. He's not getting all the uh, downfield stuff that John Brown is, but he's getting getting everything underneath from Josh Allen. 
did have a touchdown, had three catches, 41 yards. He's been a nice, consistent PPR guy, like a James White type of player who's just getting a lot of volume every week and is getting a lot of touchdowns. He's not doing a ton with it, or not a lot of touchdowns, but a lot of catches. Um, another guy, Alex Erickson, like had him. another good game. He did yeah. not get picked up a ton in leagues last week, despite the fact that he had a big game. Uh, his past two weeks, he's got 14 catches for 234 yards. Believe it. Um, and part of that is no John Ross. Uh, Tyler Boyd's the only talented wide receiver in that offense until A.J. Green gets back. So everybody's just double and triple covering Tyler Boyd. So Alex Erickson's coming in. He's cleaning everything up. Um, So he's a guy that needs to be rostered right now. Would you trade Odell Beckham for A.J. Green? Um, Like, you'd think about it because you're thinking hard right now about it. I think I, I would. probably would. Just because um, you know he's going to eat when he comes I back. I probably would. You're just hoping that A.J. Green actually comes back after the bye. I yeah. think they've got a bye this week, mm-hmm. and they're hoping that A.J. Green's going to be ready to go. Um, and it sounds like he's getting close, yeah. but but I am I am so worried about that. So, I, I mean, yeah, I would I would heavily consider it. Yeah. Um, Ryan Griffin, tight end for the New York Jets. Caught two touchdowns yesterday. Where's your boy Herndon? 66 receiving yards. Chris Herndon's still hurt. He <laughs> he should be back soon. Uh, don't go add Ryan Griffin. Ryan Griffin's on, uh, I, think, I think he played for the Texans for a long time. Did yeah. absolutely nothing for the Texans. It was just one of those fluke things. But what wasn't a fluke, my guy, 33-year-old tight end Darren Fells for the Houston Texans, also had two touchdowns yesterday. I told you a couple of weeks ago to add Darren Fells. I really liked him over Jordan Akin, I think is or Atkins is the mm-hmm. other tight end there yeah. who had one big fantasy game. Fells has been super consistent. Like Fells has been a top twelve tight end because the tight end positions, frankly, is just bad. But he's had a ton of opportunity, and Deshaun Watson seems to really like him. So he's getting a bunch. He's getting a bunch of play, and he caught two more touchdowns yesterday. Like he's been a pretty consistent productive tight end and he probably should have been in your lineup yesterday against the Oakland Raiders. Where are you at with Raheem Mostert? Uh I'm I mean he should be rostered, especially if Breda's injured. Yeah. He should be rostered anyways. Uh just because that rushing attack is so damn good. What a bleak waiver wire. <laughs> yeah. Good I mean Lord. it's uh it's kind of gross. That's where we're at. But I, I told you last couple of weeks, I told you that it was better than I thought it was. Yeah. It's pretty gross this week. But go ahead, Alex Erickson. Uh, the first text Serta sent me today, by the way, was, good Lord, the waiver wire is gross. Yeah, it is. But uh, he's Dusty Likens. I'm Steven Serta. Thank you guys for listening. Please download the Radio.com app. We will talk to you later on this week. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.